This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What would you say if I told you there's a book that can teach you how to win The Bachelor? What would you say if I told you producers caught multiple finalists reading that book in this season that's currently airing? What would you say if I told you the producers don't want anyone to know that their show has been compromised? How do we know all this? We wrote that book. I'm Lizzie Pace. And I'm Chad Colchin. We're the authors of How to Win the Bachelor and the hosts of the Game of Roses podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where we break down all the biggest plays, errors, and MVPs in the game of reality television. Listen to Game of Roses wherever you get your podcasts and go to howtowinthebachelor.com to get our book. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hi, this is Dave. This is my wife, Kathy. Hello. This is The Cinemile. It's the podcast where we walk home from the movies. Today we're going to see uh, the new M. Night Shyamalan masterpiece. His latest in a string of masterpieces. You say masterpiece, but we don't know. We haven't seen it yet. It's guaranteed to be, it's guaranteed to be a smash hit masterpiece. Um, this is... I'm being a little facetious. He's a, he's, a, um, he's a director who I think came out of the the gates with the sixth sense and like everyone was like my god this guy's the new Spielberg and it was and it is a great movie we rewatched it uh, a few years ago over on our patreon.com forward slash the cinema if you'd really like to listen great. to that yeah, really hold up um, and then you know he had a bit of a bumpy patch in the middle um, and then we watched old a few years ago we had such a laugh it's when a we bad watched film. Old. It's a bad film, but we did have such a laugh and I kind of highly recommend I, watching it. I remember the <laughs> end being real dodge, but there was elements of the film that were yeah. really enjoyable. Guess what? It had a twist. <laughs> there were elements of it that were really fun and um, what it did give us was great fun to talk about, which his movies sure do. Yeah. And I really admire the fact that he... He like finance? self-finances. And, yeah. And he's, and he's like... I mean, whatever about the guy, he's like, he is out there. I think he's uh, doing doing his own thing and um, producing weird and mad stuff like no one else is. And he doesn't play by the Hollywood rules. And I don't think he, um, I think he, for me anyway, he misses more than he hits. But I'm glad he's out there. Um, and I'm cool. quite excited about this, actually. It's almost like an, an M. Night Shyamalan film's an event. Because what was that other one, The Visit with the, the old people? That was very fun. fun. That yeah, was that fun. Was as well. fun. That was a good bit of crack. Like, uh, in, like the guy knows how to make a tight little horror movie to his does, credit. He yeah. does, and I love the way he is obsessed with Hitchcock and tries to do that vibe in his films. Yeah, because I really enjoy that vibe. And we, annoyingly, we try never to watch trailers for movies before we see them, so we didn't know anything about this film. And then we got trailer bombed 
Yeah, what was it? We were. What was the last thing we saw? Megan, the robot dance. Yeah, the robot lady. It exactly suited the Megan audience. God, I sounded old there. (laughs) Forget M Night Shyamalan. Just (laughs) described Megan as a robot lady. She robot girl to you. Um, Yes. But it came up, and uh, I was like, God, that looks really good. I wish I hadn't seen the trailer. But anyway, we will not say we'll not say what it's about because some of these folks may not have. Yeah, if you don't want to know what it's about, then maybe don't listen to the trailer that's about to play after this. We're going to play a trailer now, so we'll Um, see you after the film. So we'll see you after we've seen the film. Uh, See you soon. Bye. Bye. My name's Leonard. It's nice to meet you. Why are you here? suppose I'm here to make friends with you and your dad's too but my heart is broken why is it broken because of what I have to do today there is a woman carrying something that looks like a pick with a chain and a mallet head you see the four of us have a very important job to do in fact it might be the most important job in the history of the world. Hi, we're back. We're it's out. us. We saw uh, knock at the wood n- cabin in the in the knock, <laughs> knock in, at the door. Knock, Tommy, knock, knock. Oh yes, you can't remember. Cabin door. <laughs> anyway, what is it? What's it called? Boy, did someone knock on that door? Look at the name of this episode, everyone. That's uh, it. Someone did. Yeah, you're if right. If it's your first time, if it's your first time knocking the podcast, at the at the cabin door. If it's your first time listening to the cinema, what we won't do now is spoil the film. We'll give you our quick thoughts on what we thought about it. And then we'll get to Sporter Street, uh, Street, and that's where you turn off if you haven't seen it. Yeah, it's where you turn off for the cabin yeah, exactly. in the woods. And there's always a really good idea to go to a deserted cabin in the woods, I think. I think from so. From watching movies. Yeah, that's well, I, I mean, TripAdvisor, it looked great on the yeah. photos, according um, to our guys. So Dave, what do you well, think about? I think what we should actually do first is for the people who uh, don't want to be spoiled but want to know a little bit of what the, this movie is about. And I'm hoping the trailer that I am going to insert, <laughs> and you've already listened to, does the job. But if not... Um, a um, same-sex couple and their daughter go to a cabin in the woods. Some people knock on the door, uh, claiming that they, um, these people, must make a choice to sacrifice one of them, um, or the world will end. And that's the premise. And Why that, do these that people premise, mean this family? Sorry, yes. So the, these four individuals show up at this cabin, tell the family that they must choose willingly to sacrifice. One of themselves, and or the that, world went in. that's kind of all you need. And that premise is stretched out over the hundred minutes of this movie, and I think it does a very good job of stretching it. I think I was never bored. I think it is. Um, this is one of those one location, high concept movies, which he did another one like this um, years ago called Devil or something, which was like there's six people. I love it. like he's he's a, he's a cracker for this like. What high concept like uh, idea on a on a on a sentence He's on so a napkin? Good at it. So yeah. he, he had six people in a lift, and one of them was the devil. Um, and so this is yeah, people in the woods in a cabin. Is the apocalypse happening? Is the and apocalypse happening? And if and even if you thought the apocalypse would happen, um, and you could save the world by killing a member of your family, yeah, would you, would you kill them? So. Like which really also it also reminded me of a movie, a terrible movie from years ago called The Box. Do you remember that with Cameron Diaz um, and Frank Langella, I where can't you say I've press seen 
you, you press a button. You get this door-to-door salesman gives you a box with a button, and if you press the button, you win a million pounds, but someone you don't know dies. Uh, no, I haven't seen that. Um, it's but not what, good. Uh, so, first of all, I was so happy to see Jonathan Groff as one of the male leads in this, because I love him. And then yeah. his partner or husband was played by Ben Aldridge, who's not an actor we know, but I think he actually starred the movie. He's Eric Banner light. And that is like when you're up against Dave Bautista and Jonathan Groff, like, that's tough to do. And Rupert Grint, and I say it like that because he got the and in the credits. And he was, in fairness to Rupert Grint, he's very good in it. Now, absolute star of the film, though, is a little girl called... Oh, er, she's fantastic. ...called Wen in the movie, but in real life she's called Kristen Quee, and... She stole the stole she show. She's such a cute kid actor. Yeah. So she's the daughter, so the family are wonderful, right? So the you family very quickly, are very believable. Very I think the believable. casting is... is for the most part very good in this the cast the family are really believable you really believe they love each other and therefore you really believe that this choice not that you don't believe most families love each other but they really set this family out and like they kind of present it as like this gay couple have obviously struggled um, some one more than another seems to have um, ha- struggled with getting you know acceptance from various members of his family around his sexuality they've adopted a daughter obviously there's loads of hurdles in adoption so like the family they worked really hard to be a family you know and um and anyway I don't think we should say too much before we you will it. you will believe that this is a real family yeah you will not believe that Dave Putista is a second grade school teacher <laughs> <laughs> I've seen kindergarten cop yeah, sure. I know what teachers look like um, but he's yeah, great I, this as well I thought this film was really good fun it um, it carried it, it really carried its premise right up until the end now like all of his movies I wasn't wholly satisfied with the end and we'll talk about that in spoilers but with all his, like with all of his things, a lot of it's just about the, just the journey and yeah. the mystery. I think he is a master at suspense. He really is. He he. I think he, he would love to hear you say that because he wants to take that he, title from Hitchcock. I think. Well, he's no, he's no Hitchcock, but like, but the guy understands the dynamics of um, how to create uh, tension and suspense. And how to... It's um, really tense. Uh, while also, like, staying in one room, much like Hitchcock did with Rope and several other times, and, and you're like... And um, the sort of the um, power dynamics change and the tension ch- is gets ratcheted up. Um, I think where it falls over a little bit is in, I think, the flashbacks kind of kill it. Now, you could argue that it sells the characterization a I bit more. Them. But I think the actors are all doing great work. But the screenplay, again, is is always going to fall over because I think it's M. Night Shyamalan's weakest area is dialogue. The man cannot write yeah, but he dialogue that sounds so. like it's from human beings. But well, he had two co-writers. Fine, but it's probably his fault, no, but judging would, on his back, back I would say this record. is mm, uh, way better written than old. Uh, the sure, but there are moments and scenes which we can talk about in Spoiler Street where I was like, poor Good actor Jonathan Groff having to say that. <laughs> I was like... just so happy that Jonathan Groff got to sing because for you, for those of you who don't know, he's the voice of Kristoff in Frozen. Yeah. And I thought it was so funny for the little kid actor that she got to sing with Kristoff from Frozen. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, would you die? Um, so anyway, so, so what about you? Were you happy with it? Oh yeah, sorry yeah, if yeah. I didn't say already. I really enjoyed it. Um, now, like, obviously there's a few silly bits we'll get to in Spoiler Street, but um, I really enjoyed the premise and I really enjoyed the whole time, like. Is the apocalypse happening? Or are they all having a like delusion? What's happening? Like I enjoyed, I felt like there was a bit of a mystery. The movie I, does a really good job of um, 
keeping you guessing right up until the very end. It really does. When, and when you think it might have tipped its hat earlier, it, it kind of... It kind of hasn't. It, it tips yeah. back and forth. Yeah. And it's also, good. I, um, I really liked the family and I really liked all the actors um, and I really liked the setting. I love films that have a small setting and um, like this... Obviously, like we know, he finances his own movies. We know there was expensive actors in here, but like, I don't know it, for it a fact. It feels like a, it feels like a tight budget, and I really like small budget movies like that, like I, mid budget, whatever it is. It didn't. There's no annoying special effects to distract you. It's just a good story, good actors, good setting. Uh, I like it. But I would say the star is the uh, the director here because he, I think he has created with his cinematographer like actual suspense with the, and the editor. Yeah. But it's also like, beautiful, like this scene, like you like got you this you notice the framing, like this is there's a very a good few scenes with the little girl because she's got one of those amazing kid faces that like the camera loves and there's brilliant scenes with just like her face in the shots and yeah there's some extreme close-ups particularly at the beginning anyway let's go to spoilers now so spoilers uh for knocking the i'm literally looking up the woods cabin in the cabin it it actually reminded me a lot of cabin in the woods it's called knock at the cabin oh okay in the I wonder did Joss Whedon because I saw this was a this movie was adapted from a story and I wonder there's there's some plagiarism going on somewhere here or some familiarity I don't think so they're very different they just both have cabins they're very different executions but the without spoiling uh, the cabin in the woods it is has a very similar it doesn't really. Plot. I disagree. Disagree. It kind now, of does. Spoilers, um, spoilers, right? So spoilers for this movie. So um, I think we should give a three-second warning because it's the kind of movie you don't want to be spoiled. Okay, sure. We're gonna count are, you, are your headphones and off your headphones now? Headphones to be off. You have to press pause. Yeah. One, two, three. Spoilers. Go. One, two, three. Spoilers. Just turn on. The Spoil something. Go. <laughs> um, I want to just uh, jump straight to the end, obviously, because that's all I want to talk about. Um, the I was kind of annoyed at the end when it turned out that it was actually the apocalypse. I agree, because I I think was enjoying the idea that, because they realised that the Rupert Grint character, and I thought Rupert Grint was really good actually in this, and the Rupert Grint character, that he was somebody who had attacked one of them in a pub a couple of years ago, a homophobic attack, and had subsequently gone to prison for that attack. So obviously they're like, he's targeted us, and he's convinced all these other people that they're having like collective visions and stuff. Um... So then the fact that it was actually the apocalypse and he was someone who'd happened to have a vision. I don't know. I well, didn't, I didn't look, if you, want, if, you, if you want to go down the route that the film presents, then what they're saying there is that um, in very on-the-nose dialogue, where Jonathan Groff literally says the words, they are the four horsemen of the apocalypse, like <laughs> yeah. we hadn't already feckin' guessed. I hadn't. With the f- I hadn't. plagues and, like, it's right out of the Bible. Dave, I'm telling you I hadn't. Okay. Um, the... Uh, he was malice he represented malice so whatever about God's plan in this movie then he it is it kind of does tie in that his malice was directed towards this family so it does kind of tie up but whatever I I agree yeah go on but then at the end I'm actually kind of questioning myself now because then I also at the end I did laugh and think it was funny that they did actually stop the apocalypse and I I liked that the movie made enough of an effort to explain that if if it's if a family apparently families through time have been presented with this choice right and I and how, I like when ex- and how often I don't and, know like, I go on yeah but the right. explanation from Jonathan Groff yeah. like because I think what all the flashbacks did was to start and I really liked the flashbacks I disagree with you or I think they really worked um, 
they just really showed us like how hard these three people had to work to be a family and when Jonathan Groff was saying like you know I guess they like we have to choose because I don't know like for those reasons they're such a pure family they have to work so hard to be together I kind of bought it now it unravels very quickly but I just like that whole thing is unsatisfying they were at the beginning they were like even if it were true we would never kill each other only Andrew said that never Eric yeah I get Eric being Um, so so I love them as a couple I totally bought them here's the thing the alternative ending to this movie is a lot more interesting the one you've described in which um um it's Andrew's perspective the sceptic where this has all been planned or targeted by somebody or it is just as he presented a collective delusion from people who met up on a, a group and this is this is what's more interesting to me because that holds a mirror to society and has something to say about a very important issue in today's society where normal people like teachers and nurses and mothers who who love cooking pancakes <laughs> are being radicalized online by extremist points of views that are being whose whose points of views are being reinforced with apparent fact and that comes back to the headline you know they keep turning on the the news to reinforce that these things are happening connecting dots that don't exist of a flu is happening in South Africa mm-hmm. so it's a plague it's religion and religion has been doing that for centuries so that's a way more interesting ending you know what rather I mean? than oh no um no god is real and he's a dick well no nobody said god was real though i mean well, well it's kind of implied it, right no, what was implied, what was very clearly stated was that this family choosing to kill each other stopped the world from collapsing. Yeah. There's actually, there's no direct link between that and God. But what I've just realised, because I agree with everything you said as well, what, the, it should have ended ambiguously. That's what it should have done. Um, perhaps. I mean, because, th- that is, that's more interesting than the definitive ending we got. Yeah, yeah the sure. ending was way more But for me, I would have preferred the definitive ending, which was like, guys, it's actually dangerous no, to believe Because I think that was things. obvious and that was the ending we were expecting the whole time. So the fact that Maybe, it was actually yeah. an apocalypse was a surprise or an ambiguous ending would have been interesting. This is always Shyamalan's downfall. He'll pick the twist over the story. Over the, the no story, twist, though, as such, it was just it's kind of a going twist. A or B and he picks B. Well, yeah, that's it's, fair. it's not yeah, twisty like some of his other movies. That's true, actually. That he showed he showed admirable restraint in that regard. Um, it wasn't I, like it wasn't like he pulled the plug at the end. It was like, oh, it was all a simulation. <laughs> <laughs> I just really <laughs> I would not I have put that past. Really him. enjoyed it. It didn't overstay its welcome. It no, was it very really didn't. Interesting, and I. It actually, is exactly the right amount of time. Yeah. Like there is no padding in here. It is. It is. It, it 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 gets in. It does its job, and it leaves. And I'm a big fan of Dave Batista. And actually, I've never yeah, seen he's him very good in, in a serious role. Um, so I enjoyed seeing him be serious. I've I've only you ever saw him seen in Blade him. Runner 2049 at the very beginning. I don't remember that. Okay. I only remember him from Guardians of the Galaxy, and obviously from um, Glass Onion, which he was just in. Yeah. Um, so no, I no. Glad. He handled he handled that character really he well, really well, and yeah. that character really holds it together because he's got that. And it's a really interesting kind of like juxtaposition of yeah. the the tenderness of this giant, very intimidating. And it's essentially person. him and the family. The others are very much side yeah. characters. Yeah. Right. Um, let's leave it be. Also, uh, the fu- sorry. One more thing. The fun, actiony stuff of like, at 
the family initially trying to barricade themselves in and then the family trying to get to the gun and stuff. I it's thought good, that was all good very tension. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah very Good well. mounting tension. Yeah. So look, yeah, it, was a good, it was a good time. Catch it at home because it's not that all that cinematic. <laughs> yes. I think it would work as well on your TV It worked TV at screen. home more in the cinema. But yeah. anyway, thank but you for listening. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us five stars wherever you listen uh, or head over to patreon.com forward slash the cinema where we do monthly retro movie reviews and we do regular TV reviews at the moment we are doing weekly episodes of The Last of Us um, which we're very much enjoying yes and thank you for listening Kathy. one question before we go mm-hmm. um, if it was us in that situation mm-hmm. um, who would you kill? I wouldn't I would have done what the first guy said and said I'm not killing anyone see I would I, I would probably in, uh, well see I, I think I but would we probably to, insist that I be the one who dies but, but I wouldn't but then do that's it. actually the worst thing isn't it you it's can't, worse to make someone but it doesn't, else no, but it do doesn't, that to but, you no it? but the point is they said you can't for, like they, you can't force someone yeah, they have to it, make the it has to be a mutual yeah. it's, it's a completely psychotic cool. thing that you have see, to that's, do we didn't really talk about that but it's, it's actually a good it's an interesting dilemma it's a really it. good dilemma, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially for a couple who they established like really, really love each other. Anyway, right. we're gonna go. Thanks Bye. for listening. Bye. Your family has been chosen to make a horrible decision. If you fail to choose, the world will end. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey, I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Ben Holderness. We host the Holderness Family Podcast every Tuesday. You may know us from the silly videos that we make online. Or a book about marriage called Everybody Fights. Or as winners of season 33 of The Amazing Race. Still can't believe that happened. Listen, we do a lot of stuff, but our podcast is our most favorite thing. Yeah, because every week we get to sit down face-to-face, talk to each other about marriage, family, mental health, or just anything that we want to know more about. Sometimes we have expert interviews, sometimes it's just us, but our goal is to bring some joy and laughter into your life every week. Our other goal is that maybe you will learn something as well. Right. So search the Holderness Family Podcast and check out our most recent episodes. We have one about staying organized with creators of the Home Edit. And one about being diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. We hope you'll join us. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>